Hello and welcome to the England B Team podcast, a football podcast brought to you by an Englishman who wasn't good enough to make it as a professional footballer and an Irishman who wasn't good enough to play for England. There we go. My name's Joe and this is my co-host Gareth and we're here again to talk about all things football. So, episode two. How are you feeling about the first episode? I'm feeling good. Yeah. I think uh, from our point of view, <laughs> I think we did a good job and it's pretty well received. Um, yeah. Some good feedback. Yeah, well, big shout out to anybody who listened to it. Genuinely flattered yeah. that anyone really, sat the whole really way through listening to the entire episode. Fair play to you. Genuinely flattered. Um, I was delighted, to be but, honest. And I also really enjoyed it. Like, yeah, it was I good. I think, fun. like we said, um, we're doing this because we love talking about football. We do, yeah. And we're just doing it on camera and microphone now. And some yeah. people seem to enjoy that, so... Yeah, although this time on camera, we're definitely going to get this right. We're going to stop yes. the camera and make sure we don't run yes. out of run out of tape. Um, we, yeah. We're prepared for that this time. We're very prepared. <laughs> yeah, we really have. But, yeah, overall, I think we're really well. And yeah, excited to be here again. Um, I'm delighted, yeah. And this is, yeah, it's great that we've got a second episode coming in. I'm very hyped for this one as well. It's going to be a good episode. Me too. But um, I think before we go on then, you want to say some stuff about... Yeah, so we recorded the first episode a while ago. Yeah, so I think it came out last Thursday, which was the 29th. Yeah. I think we recorded it at the beginning of June. We did, yeah. So moving forward, um, we're going to be saying, like, we're probably recording like a week in advance. So obviously the last, some of the stuff we spoke about in the last podcast was a little bit out of date. Out of date, yeah. Um, I think we were speculating last time that Havertz wasn't going to leave, were we? Or Yeah, or we, we, I thought he was going to go to Madrid, because I thought he'd do really well there. And yeah. Then, he went to Arsenal. Yeah. Actually, since then, I don't know about ten players have left Chelsea. But we don't want to talk. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to talk about yeah. that. Being Chelsea fans, it's been a tough couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that snake um, either. <laughs> no comment. Mason no comment. Mount has just left Chelsea <laughs> today, but we're not going to talk about it in this podcast because no. I'm still very we'll fragile from the whole thing. Um, yeah, snake. No, I love him. I love him. Again. But yeah, no. But right. no, on a serious note, like, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much for watching, um, especially to the those in Austria. Yeah, um, right. But yeah, we yeah, need to get to this. You need to tell them why. We need to say a big thank you to the people in Austria. For some reason, I have no idea why, but we were the number one football <laughs> podcast in Austria last week, which I cannot believe. It was genuinely class. So yeah. as a little tribute to the people in Austria, hello, uh, what do they say? Goose Gott in Austria. We have our little duck here from Rapid Wien. That was a gift. From Rapid Bean. So that's a little tribute to you guys. Please keep listening. Please. Both of you. Please um, keep listening. But also people in France. I think we're number 16 yeah, in France. Yeah, so we've got the figures here. Yeah, 16 in France, 56 in Germany. UK wasn't as hot. 230. But I think the, the podcast scene in the UK, especially football, is probably a lot bigger. Than yeah. yeah. But we'll I'd, be take, a, I'd take 230. To be totally honest, I'm happy with 230. Poco, poco. Ambition, ambition. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. we'll talk quickly about... What's in the pipeline? What have we got planned for episodes? Because we've got a couple of special things yeah. coming up. So I think, of course, moving forward, um, with us being Chelsea fans, and of course, Gareth especially being a Leverkusen fan, and me having a yeah, fairly invested interest in Leverkusen, right. there'll be some episode focus on that, but it remains, remains to be seen. Obviously, with the Premier League season approaching, I think some sort of Premier League season preview would definitely be yeah. really good. Other leagues as well, potentially. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still really interested in talking about our experiences in Germany with German football etc yeah 
Um, mm. Yeah, how about you? Anything you really want to... Well, obviously, I want to touch on Leverkusen at some point. Of course. Because there's a big year coming up for them. Um, big signing today. Jonas Hoffman just signed. So Very good. Big season come up for Bayern Leverkusen. The best number seven it. signed today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. Um, I don't want to get on about me. No, we're not no, doing it. Anyway. Um, stay away. Yeah, we've got a lot of exciting things planned. Yeah. Today's topic is one quite close to my heart as well, so I'm quite looking forward to that one. But we've got a lot of things in the pipeline in general for yes. our episodes. Um, and of course, we're open to suggestions. Yes, please do let us know. Yep. We haven't uh, quite got... Listeners and viewers, please. That much feedback yet. Like, I've got some very positive feedback from some friends. I, yeah. have, I haven't got, like... I haven't got feedback from outside my friends circle as oh, much yet. Fair. A little bit. I know there's viewers, because I've got the numbers, but... If you are watching this, send us a message. Yeah. Fire us a message across. Let us know where you're from. If you're from Austria, please send me a message. We'll, the, we'll come do a podcast in Austria. Do you want to yeah, be Austrian yeah, next week? We go, yeah, we're, we're, we're coming practice, to Austria. Practice up German. <laughs> so please fire us a message with anything. Ideas you want us to discuss. Game ideas. I don't know. Anything, anything. controversial you want us to get stuck into. We're happy to do it here on the England B-Team podcast. Great. Okay, today. We want to talk about today's episode then? Yeah. You're ready to fire away, on in? This is... Right. When we started talking about the idea for this, I don't know if you remember this, actually, we haven't talked about this, but when we were throwing ideas together for this podcast, one of the things I was hoping to talk about was the general kind of, I don't want to say pub talk, but I mean the conversations you have around football and the more bizarre things, and I wanted to really dive into some of these topics. Now, one topic that has been particularly close to my heart over the years, and I have been down a rabbit hole on this, you wouldn't believe, in the last few weeks, is... The imaginary header. That's the term I'm going to give it. Okay. So what I mean by the imaginary header is when players. Now I'm talking more pre late nineties to early nineties. You do not. Well, sure. Thank you. Thank you for Ah. bringing that up. So back in the day, in the early nineties and before, you see players when they were going down the tunnel to come onto the pitch, they jump up and give it one of them. Now they would do it with conviction. They jump up. I, a good. Of, like, I, I, I can see it in Mike Bassett, England manager, for sure. Mike Bassett, the one, yeah. Like, I can see it there entirely. Definitely. There's going to be an episode where we don't talk about Mike Bassett, but yeah. it's not this one. But yeah, okay. so they did the the up and Adam, the up and Adam. So I want to talk about that because it's gone, as you've just mentioned. That's not in the current football climate no, anymore, and it was worldwide. It was in Europe, it was across the world, it was lower leagues, upper leagues, and then over the period of a couple of years, it just disappeared. And there's no way that's just a coincidence. So I have went down a bit of a rabbit hole to try and find out answers to this. Believe it or not, Googling where do the imaginary headers go doesn't lead to many results. So I've had to develop my own my own theory on this. Now I've got two or three ideas behind where it's going to go. I'm going to pull on that thread through this podcast Interesting. I haven't got an answer yet so I'm hoping Joe you're going to sort of discover this with me maybe and we might get to the bottom and of this in the next 45 well, minutes please. yeah I'm sure you guys have some I would love this. to hear from a footballer as well to know if they do it semi-professional if you do the imaginary header what level you do it to um, <laughs> it just stops, you... stops at professional level yeah so I... now uh, Wrexham have been promoted they'll stop it that's it yeah, yeah. that's it's it game over they don't do it no, no. I've, I've watched the old Wrexham game I'm looking out for it by the way you do know what I'm talking about then you remember it yeah the imaginary yeah. head I know exactly what I mean would you have done I, one I, I when you played I've done it before like yeah. especially like when you're like I can picture it like in like professional leagues um when the player's coming out of the tunnel. Yeah. But I think like a Sunday league level, I, I can remember myself just like standing in a position waiting for kickoff and like jumping up yeah. and heading. And I used to, I hated heading a ball. Oh but yeah, but you still, still do it. I was terrible at heading the ball, but I'd still do it. You close your eyes? 
I just yeah I don't even, I don't even know I avoided it at all cost yeah close your eyes and think yeah. of England um. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I need to get to the bottom of this I've yeah. really I've pulled on a few threads I've kept Joe in the loop about what I've been doing with this and then he's got involved we've went down a rabbit hole as well of superstitions in football yes. because I believe the two are linked I think it's so, one of my yeah. theories so the superstition aspect has came into it and I'm going to talk about that a little bit yeah, as well. A few examples. And then later on, we're going to get yeah. on some great examples on superstitions in football, which again, if you have any, you can submit across. So let's dive into this, okay? Yeah. Let's dive where, into this. I've been dying to, to do this episode. Yeah, I'm going to go for this. And as I speak, I want you to, you need to, you need to keep me on track here because okay. I'm really, this is a rocky road I'm on here, guys. I have been down, I've been up to 3 a.m. many nights <laughs> researching this. I really, this is very close to my heart, but I really haven't got an answer for you yet, so I need to be kept on path. Okay, so I've got a few theories, okay, that might have led to it, and I think they all coincide at one time. Number one is going to be the introduction of children mascots. Now, that's something we take for granted as being a your long own time. research? Or? Yeah. Okay, interesting. Now, obviously, when you have children mascots, you're holding their hand, mm. you can't go leaping four feet into the air. True. You take a wee lad with you. <laughs> so, you have to be careful of that. Now, that was a theory I had, and the more I went down that rabbit hole, the more I got there. I was picturing that. <laughs> now, when do you remember children mascots appearing on the scene? I remember it, but I think there was less. Now it's every player uh-huh. has one, which of course is nice for the children, but sad for the imaginary headers. Did you ever do it? No, I don't think so. No, it would have struck me as a kind that would have done it. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I can't remember. I think I applied, but... No, I don't remember doing it. But yeah, that's definitely one reason. So be. when you were watching football as a kid, you remember the mascots being a part of that? Yeah. Okay, right. Thank you then. That, you're feeding into my theory there here as well. Okay, that's what I need. Okay, so the mascot's going to be the first one. I'm going to talk briefly about that now because my theory is that the imaginary header started to go out early 2000s. That's when we started to see the end of the imaginary header. Um, and this supports my theory. I don't know if I'm looking for this link or not. But the mascots started appearing properly in the 2002 World Cup. That's when okay. the first um, concentrated campaign of children mascots came into football. Um, and at that time, it was actually only one child per team, and they wore a t-shirt saying, yeah, say like, yes. That was their whole yeah. campaign. And, and now I'm sure it's like every player has, especially the home team. Exactly. A mascot age. So, that's that. yeah, this is my thing about it. So I, I can't find in footage, and this is hard, okay? I wanted to check in the 2002 World Cup, was it just the lad carrying the mascot out that didn't do the imaginary header and a few of the other lads were getting it, but it's hard to, yeah, it filtered out around that time. But mascots, 2002 they started. Now that's actually an interesting subject in itself because it rocketed the mascot thing. Yeah, People just started getting them everywhere. Um, one of the things, one of the weird benefits of having mascots is players wouldn't get things thrown at them from the uh, sure. opposite fans. If you have kids with you, you can't throw 50p's of kids. You'd like to think so, for well, sure. Yeah, yeah well, coming from UK, yeah. We I, won't mention any fan bases, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm sure there's some who would still... I'm torn. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry, I'm trying to follow this. Yeah, but there are some fan bases that might throw a 50p at a child. We're not one to judge here at the England B Team podcast. Um, but that was one of the benefits of that. On a side note, mascots. Do you know how much it costs to be a mascot, or if it costs... So the family to be a mascot? Yeah, to be a child mascot at a match. Again, I would have thought you might have known someone that's done this. Oh, or I guess like £300. Well, at Chelsea it's free. 
Really? Yeah, it's free for a lot of the big clubs. One of the most expensive ones at the last time I read this was Everton. It's 718 quid. Now that does get you two VIP tickets to the game you're going. Okay. And you get your kit included with that, a full kids kit. Okay. But still, that's 718 quid. Pretty steep, especially to watch Everton. Yeah. No offense. Yeah, but they, yeah, they should be paying us a lot. Yeah. So. Well, that is steep, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about child mascots here. I'm not talking about. Mascots as in, as in the, the goat, FC the Cologne, or Gonosaurus, or Gonosaurus, or the lion, or what do you call his wife? Bridget. Bridget. Stanford Bridget. Stanford Bridget. Good. Obviously, yeah. We're talking about the children mascots. Okay, so that's one theory I have about the disappearance of the imaginary header. My other theory is going to be it's going down the sports psychology, sports science route. Okay, now you will have to bear with me in this because I'm really am working this out as we go along. Okay, but the sports psychology route is going to be partly that I think it was maybe a nervous behaviour okay it was a way of getting out excess energy as you went up to the pitch you were busting with energy you went out you went for it do you remember what you were like going on to the pitch would you have been a runner would you have been a would you remember when you played football if you did run onto the pitch I feel like I would have run and maybe like jogged up and down a bit done some stretches yeah, especially like some like stretch like uh, getting low. This is like directly on the yeah. pitch for the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, that's not as common either. Yeah, now it's like I can't, I can't. Now you really go into this topic. I can't picture now what players do these days. Yeah, see, <laughs> but I can really remember on like Premier League years, for example, Premiership years, like good show. The players like sprinting onto the pitch. Yeah, they used to bolt um, on. Yeah, or like after they've done the the handshakes between the teams, they'd run off. Yeah. That's also one as well. You would have got the huddle as well sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's still a thing, isn't it? Yeah. Celtic could do the huddle. I don't oh, know who else does okay. the huddle. But, um, yeah. So, it's kind of linked to to nerves and... Yeah. Okay. I think that's a nervous energy you're trying to get out. And as the development of sports psychology has came along, we've realised... Well, sports science as well plays into that. About optimal times for warm-up. Muscle activation, mental activation. It's all timed down to the minute. And we tend to find that the optimal time to be warmed up is no later than 10 minutes before okay. the start of a game. So players don't have this nervous energy. They've got their pre-performance routine planned out. Yeah. Right from the moment they wake up, right to the moment they go on the pitch, they've Very got it all strict. planned out. Yeah. And they don't have the need to get this extra energy out. So unless you're scheduling in a wee imaginary header, you're not going to be doing one. Yeah. Now that's a theory. So that linked to energy. I mean, like Jamie Vardy. Potentially. Jamie Vardy gets his energy from... Uh... <laughs> couple of Red Bulls and there's a uh, four Red Bulls isn't there or something yeah <laughs> something wild but um, I mean yeah, that's another good theory so we have the mascots we have yeah and nerves. we're going to go into the nervous energy and then the last one is just going to be yeah the general structure that's where it's sports science and psychology the general structure of pre-match games or pre-match routines for athletes now there's a fine line between a superstition mm-hmm. and a pre-performance routine for sure okay yeah. so we're going to delve, in, uh, delve into that a little bit more about what that all means because to be honest it seems like a superstition is only a superstition when it doesn't work and if it works it's a pre-performance routine yeah a superstition is always like typically something like not always really niche but it's usually like one thing or something yeah as a ritual is like a whole day thing exactly well, I, don't that's, know, like, yeah. I don't know the science behind it or like the Neither do I, but there is definitely a difference there is um, there is and yeah but when you go down this rabbit hole 
there's not a there's not a consensus on this yet. There's not this much research your, uh, into the imaginary header. This is your break for football world. <laughs> well, yeah, this is gonna be it. I'm gonna get really rich off this. Um, to study this and well I will say superstitions are a lot of different definitions of it but one I got for sport is it's an irrational belief that link a behaviour to the outcome of an event so if okay. I do this it will affect the event in that way do you have any and if you don't do it then it will very important point yeah. the opposite will negatively affect it and that's where it maybe starts to cross into dangerous territory because that's where it controls you instead of mm, you controlling true. it true whereas a pre-match routine would be more like wake up at 6am go for a walk exactly and if you don't do it it's not the end of the world it's just there we are yeah. see now that you're saying that yeah. as if it's common sense but that's not common sense this is a debated topic still do you have any superstitions no I just don't even with watching a team you're not really actually when we've watched football together you're pretty up although you do turn your back on penalties sometimes don't you yeah um I remember actually in the Champions League final in 2012, yeah. my superstition was every time I knocked on the TV, Bayern Munich would miss their penalty. Like and I in, like... only didn't, I knocked on three, the last three, and they missed two. So, so there's a point to that. There we go, 60. But then as you're thinking when you're doing that, I know this obviously isn't working, but I don't want to take the chance. Exactly, yeah. See, and that's where... It's a bit like your superstition. Last, was it last week you mentioned that... Um... Oh yeah, if I go to pay Chelsea yeah. to score. Yeah, that's... That's not a superstition, that's fact. Yeah, sure. Chelsea know that, yeah. Not last season, no. Yeah, I've done it 400 times. Nothing could have <laughs> never worked. scored last season. No, oh God, we're not, we're not getting into that either. But yeah, okay, so superstitions are a really interesting topic. Sure. They're fantastic, and we've both got some great examples. And I will talk about that as a little side thing in the later part of the podcast. Um, but I do just want to finish then this little... This rabbit hole I'm going down. To set you all up, I want you all to be Maybe thinking... Maybe there's people out here who've also been up until 3am researching this. I'm sure there <laughs> I is. really doubt or that. Or like doing like... Uh, I really doubt that. University dissertations on this, PhDs. If someone's done a PhD in the imaginary header, please get that on to me. Please get on to me. Either check... Um, it's been the bane of my existence. What's that website? It's like... Uh, that you could check like... Um, old university papers. I can't remember what it's called. But you oh, but you have to there. sign up for that, don't you? Ah, okay. But I think when you're a student, you get that for free. But if you want to get it outside of being a student, it's a couple of hundred quid. Okay. And like, I, I, I really want to get to the bottom of this, but yeah, I'm not it's, that committed. No. <laughs> but we will, I'll ask on Twitter, TikTok, etc. Like, yeah, what does everyone else think on this? Yeah, you're a good man for that, to be fair. Joe's a good man for the Twitter. And the <laughs> little plug here, if you don't follow this man on Twitter, get on it. I don't do Twitter. And the podcast, of course, England B Team Pod. No, it's Joe. I don't do the podcast. <laughs> or I, I do the podcast, I don't do the Twitter. That's a man for it. Right, let me finish this rabbit hole here because in about five minutes we're going to cut briefly so the camera doesn't run out of tape. So I'm on a, I'm on a limit here, right? And I'm getting to this. So when we're talking about um, sports psychology, okay? Mm-hmm. Sports psychology and sports science, they've been about since the 20s, okay? But they didn't really enter the mainstream until the 90s. Okay. The Premier League especially, one of the main reasons for that, money. Premier League got big money for broadcasting. They can afford to set up a sports psychology or sports science department. Very commonplace these days amongst football teams. But back in the day, it wasn't. Again, so that's why we didn't go professional. Because we didn't have that. That's when it. We were... Yeah. Nobody told me to stop doing imaginary headers. There we go. <laughs> I was just doing them. I never did an And this is why we're on a podcast talking about it. Yeah. Of... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Thank you. Thank go. you. So, one thing. A book I read for a while. Um... A book that I've read quite a few times because I'm my normal job is a musician, mm-hmm. and 
Sports psychology and musician psychology are very similar because we're talking about high performance, working under stress, working under pressure, delivering in one moment. The actual, you train for a long time to deliver in one moment or one period of time. So the, the psychology is very similar. One book I read is a thing called The Inner Game, actually The Inner Game of Tennis by a guy called Timothy Galloway. It was written in 1974. And basically his whole concept of it is in all high-end performance, sport included, there's two games. There's the outer game, i.e. the game you're playing, the physical game, and the inner game of the mental battle Fight against yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. And the two extremes of that are choking and being in the zone. These are the two things. And they can really affect the performance. Like, we think course, about, yeah. like, as England fans, we talk about choking. How many penalties <laughs> have England missed? And you Second think, nature. how did you do that? You're yeah. a trained professional footballer. How well, did you do that? Even against German penalties, for example. Oh, yeah. It's like... Um, even if you're like from different generations, it's just still... It's, yeah, it's ingrained in yeah. you. This is all leading into it. So when Galway wrote that book, that was the general idea. It brought this idea of the, the inner game, the mental game of sport being as important as the physical game. It brought it into the mainstream and the 90s sort of saw the development of that a little bit. Um, one of the first people to sort of bring it in, the first sports psychology department, I have this written down somewhere, it's a guy called Chris Barnes, I think, for Borough in 97. So okay. it's still late. We're talking 97 yeah. before teams started getting food, sports, psychology, and science departments as part of their setup. It's commonplace nowadays. Like Southgate's talked about it as well with England. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the inner game became a big thing. Um, and that that book led to it becoming more mainstream with sports psychology, and then it developed it. And it talks about superstitions and then it becomes superstitions versus pre-performance routine and the difference. So superstitions, there's been a lot of research into superstitions and believe it or not, they are positive. They work a lot of the time. They really do. Like they've been shown to have boost in self-confidence. Yeah. They do. Reducing anxiety. benefits. Improving performance. Because essentially what it does is it lets you control the uncontrollable. So much of sport is uncontrollable, it lets you control the uncontrollable. Okay, so you feel like you're in control. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason why, okay, not directly, but the general idea, religious players. A lot of players will make sure that they cross themselves mm-hmm. before they go out onto the pitch. That's also this kind of idea that if I cross myself, I'm putting the success or the someone else has got my back. Okay, yeah. You know, God's got my back, I'm safe, I don't have to stress as much here, I'm covered. It's that kind of general idea. The problem is, as you said earlier, when superstitions go into the line of controlling us, they become unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Like that example of Joe Cole. You, did you get the Joe Cole one in your research? No, what was the Joe Cole Saw the interview. Joe Cole never liked to touch a ball in the changing rooms. And apparently, like Frank Lampard and John Terry used to kick balls at him <laughs> before the games. And he used to run about the changing rooms John, trying not John to get John Terry hit. also had loads of superstitions. So Over 50. A, okay, wow. Maybe yeah. that's something we'll touch on later. But, mm-hmm. So anyway, just to sum this up then, I hope you're following this rabbit hole. I think so. It's, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm going to go off I'm it. also learning a lot. Um, I need to get off at the minute, and yeah. then we're going to regroup and see where this is going to go next. But this is the, what do you call that in the scientific experiment? Your hypothesis. Yeah. This is the hypothesis yeah. of what happened to the imaginary header. So it's a mixture of mascots, sports psychology, and sports science being optimized at this point. Very okay. So, we're going to stop talking about that for now. I'm going to stop talking about that. We're going to get cracking into some games, because I know you guys enjoyed that. that. And then we're going to get into our examples of superstitions, some cracking ones as well. Some really good ones. And Um, then we're going to do a conclusion. 
Yeah. And um, Joe's gonna let's, let's see what we can tie this all up for us. And let's see if um yeah, Gareth's just wasted his time researching this or <laughs> 100 percent yeah. have yeah no it, this is a really have. interesting topic so but yeah. right okay let's we'll get see into the games a, yeah see you for the game um yeah here we go back to the uh career path wikipedia challenge whatever <laughs> we want to call it um but yeah really popular with you guys in the last pod um it was actually yeah. my performance as well as the game itself um i always enjoy doing these kind of things because yeah, you're good at it um but no i i think we have some good we have three mm. more each um, okay, how hard did you week? go? Did you make it harder for me? I made me? it a bit easier, I think. <laughs> Hopefully not too easy. Yeah, I struggled with um, the Frank LeBeuf one, to be honest. Yeah, it took longer tough. than I thought. But, um, yeah. I've made it harder for you because Do you want to start? it was too easy. But so, who wants to go first? We want to make sure we want to read it out. Yeah, for the audio list. before we guess. Yeah, okay. Um, Do you want me to give you your first one? Okay, let's go. Okay, I'll read it out and then you can see the list. Okay, so, Senior, don't shout out the answer before it's okay. done. Let the listeners go. I know you're done. You've got it already. Do you have it already? Don't get the thing. Um, okay, teams. I'm not giving you the years, just give you the teams. Okay, so we've got Aston Villa, Fulham, on loan to Rangers, Rangers permanently, Southampton, back on loan to Rangers, and then Rangers permanently. Stephen Davis. I thought that was a harder one. Yeah, it is Stephen Davis. Okay, the next two no. are harder. They are okay. Two. That's not bad. That was that was tougher. Really? A little bit. Tougher, I'll give it away. But um, I think it's Southampton. Like he was there for ages, and I can't think of many players that went from Southampton to Rangers. So I also remember him at Villa as well. But Forst he was good at Forst Forst at Rangers. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's interesting. He loves the Rangers. Out of curiosity, what kind of players could I give you that you think you'd struggle with? I don't want to go too old either because I actually struggle more with like players from like the mid 2010s etc yeah I do as well it just like, seems like a I think it's like you saw so much football went from like 2000 to 2010 that's my best era okay um, anything like I mean after that like for example there's one earlier it was Nigel de Jong I didn't get it oh that's a tough one he yeah. played for Hamburg didn't he yeah first? and AC Milan Man City he played for Milan yeah I think so yeah, see, I haven't got that um, I struggled with that earlier but um, yeah this is a good one okay well and yeah I wonder if you guys got it as fast as me but, yeah well you will get this one quicker right go ahead right. do you want to read out the teams then okay uh, so Manchester United on loan at Real Antwerp FC oh, players were on loan at Sunderland then moved to West Bromwich Albion and then moved to Leicester City. I have a... Th- so Royal Antwerp, if I remember correctly, they were a feeder club for United, weren't they? Yes. There's a... There's a... No, it's... There's a striker in my head that I'm thinking of. But... It's not a striker. It's not? It's not a striker. Is this a tough one? Have I gone too difficult again? Is it Ravel Morrison? No. Is he still playing? He is still playing. He's still at Leicester City. It's Johnny Evans. It's Johnny Evans. Got that one. Okay. okay. Should get good. that quicker. He's not the captain. Yeah, 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 there we go. Okay, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, unfortunately, he relegated the season. Um, it's cracking I heard Rio Ferdinand say on a podcast recently that like he was so good at United they should never let him go yeah he's a fantastic yeah, player he, he won the league at Leicester didn't he no he joined after that oh did he I think it's Fuchs and, uh, uh, Morgan and Hoof 
Uh, Robert Hood, that's right, yeah. yeah. I think he joined a bit after that. But yeah, he's, he's a good player. Really he is, he's a baller. I saw him two weeks ago. I went home to a Northern Ireland game. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Are you still playing in Northern Ireland? Oh, I never give up Northern Ireland, oh. yeah. I went to, uh, just quickly, I went to Northern Ireland versus Kazakhstan and watching Northern Ireland get beat at home 1 <laughs> 0 in the last minute to Kazakhstan was a tough watch. So. Yeah. Arctic, anyway, Arctic Monkeys cancelled on the day oh, before don't as well. Even start me, yeah. Yeah, but we don't want to get Gareth going on. You really on don't. Mason Mount Arctic Monkeys concerts. So we'll continue now. Right. With my you get your one, second I one. I think I have to remember. This is a tough one, I think. Okay, I'll give you the teams out first. Yeah. Okay, so we have Chelsea, Leicester on loan, Leicester City, Birmingham City, and then. Thermiston Town Thermiston Town how would you pronounce that I have no idea you played one game for them they don't even have a hyperlink on Wikipedia so is it Muzzy is it man is it it is it's Muzzy is it <laughs> I really I thought just, that was a hard one I, said, for, I, I, I didn't know he played for Chelsea until I saw this I Wait, kind of zero guess, I think I saw that he was in the youth team um, yeah I was trying to pick up Leicester players you were there for a long time That's yeah, a, I really remember Muzzy I don't know why I think it's the name, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really It sticks out in your name. But, I had a sticker of him as well. When we played yeah. Fibsbitch and collected the stickers. Uh, that's okay. what I remember. But yeah. Man, that's, that's... Right, well, yeah, whatever. Right, give me my second one. Okay. That was, yeah. We'll, whatever, we'll, we'll, whatever. We'll whatever. So, harder next time. Yeah. This is yeah. the last one. Yeah. Is the last one harder? I think so, yeah. I can't okay. remember. <laughs> we'll find um, out. I thought the Muzzy is it one was hard, but anyway. All right, you ready? Yeah, go for it. So, Villarreal. Mm-hmm. Recreativo Huelva mm. actually the oldest team in Spain mm. back to Villarreal to Malaga to Arsenal back to Villarreal and then to Al Sad I actually think I know this one purely because of the amount of times he played for Villarreal mm-hmm. and am I right in saying he had like this mad unveiling ceremony went back to Villarreal after Arsenal is he, it Santi Cazorla? It is Santi Cazorla, yeah. Do you I remember, remember when he... that unveiling ceremony. Did he not have, like... I or I could be totally making this up now, but I remember him coming out and it was like a big like glass tube <laughs> and then all the smoke came out and then he, like, like a magician. He I, popped I up. I do not remember that at all. Oh, man. Right, no, hang on. Need, I need to watch that. Um, I need to watch that afterwards, but... Um, yeah, Santi I could Cazorla's be totally making on. that up. Most bizarre player unveiling ever. This is on mute, by the way. So, oh, it's not on mute. Hang on. Yeah, do you not remember this? Wow. They had like I, the big I smoke thing. This at all. And then there's an actual magician. There's an actual magician. I gotta skip for it. Let you see that. Yeah. And then he's just standing there. We need to link this for our. Oh, yeah, I'll try places. and put this up for you guys in the corner. This yeah. is even more interesting than the. We will, but I'll attach this video yeah. and we'll get, we'll get sued by Villarreal. Interesting. <laughs> that is unbelievable. There you are. Oh, Santi Gazola, there we go. Great player, to be fair. So good. Didn't know he went to. Is that Saudi Arabia? Uh, Qatar. Is he still there? Is, um, no, I think he left either. this. I think he's not retired, but I think his contract ended this year. This year. Okay. I think it's the team that Xavi used to manage actually before Barcelona. Oh. Um, I think. Don't hold me to that, but yeah, that's a great, great one. player. Two-footed. Joined oh, um, Malaga when they had their like. Uh, they had a good team. Yeah. Financial, like uh, investment for like yeah for like Santa Cazorla, Joaquin. Was Vanessa really there as well? Vanessa Roy, Rocky Santa Cruz, and then Santa Cruz was there. Yeah, Classic. it was like Jeremy Tulalan. You remember him? I love Jeremy and, Tulalan. Um, yeah. yeah, then all went wrong from there for Malaga. But then, we yeah. could do an episode on that as well. I would also, love there's some um, another Malaga podcast which is really good called the Giri Cast. Um, yeah, he's that, amazing. Some of them yeah. also listening. Yeah, so, huge shout out to him. He's fantastic. I watch really him every good. day. Um, but yeah, 
Class, right. Well, yeah, we will get to the La Liga episode as well because Joe's a bit of a La Liga expert. I know nothing about it. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, Let's number three. With the last w- one more each. Okay, you're going to have the answer before. I can't remember if I know the answer. Um, okay, Chelsea, Leeds United, Rotherham United, Millwall, St Johnston out in Scotland, and Bristol City. Do you know what's really I do know it. It's Jody Morris. It is Jody Morris. Man, I, I need to make these harder. But no, these were definitely trickier. No, I don't know. Um, I mean, I hope you guys had enough time to guess. Maybe they need to pause it maybe before. Yeah, well, there um, should be the wee logo uh, underneath. Yeah, that's true. There should be, it depends. Um, like, but yeah. Guess as quickly. There were good ones. Don't patronise me. I'm not patronising <laughs> Don't but patronise let's go for your, Maybe your last one's a bit trickier now. Yeah, it probably is. Um, so he started Ooh. at Barry, Barry FC. Oh. Then went to Preston, to Portsmouth. On loan to Burnley, to Leicester, to Middlesbrough, to Derby, back to Preston, and then ended his career on loan at Tranmere. I think he's retired. Mm, that is a tough one. It is is tough. it the kind of like... This is the kind of one where you need the, the games and goals next to it. Yeah, it... is the Portsmouth era, are we talking like that Peter Crouch, Jermaine Defoe, Lissana Diara era? You're like maybe, when they were yeah. good, you remember when they were playing in Europe and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. 2080 kind of time. Yeah, I'm not sure. I actually have the. No, um... oh, I'll, I'll get it. It's obvious. It's an English player. Yes. He did play for England actually. Is it David Nugent? David Nugent. Yes. There we go. I remember that one goal he scored. Against Jermaine, I saw a podcast. Andorra, wasn't it? Yeah, and Jermaine Defoe was not happy about oh, that. Oh, yeah, because he posted his goal. He stole yeah. it from him. But, um, yeah, David Nugent. Okay, I'm kind of happy I got that spell picker. was at Leicester, probably. I think he yeah, was, although yeah. they were in the Championship at the time, were they? Or were they I in think the... so, yeah. 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 Or maybe he came for one season in the Premier League, but... I can't yeah. believe he played for England. One game, one goal for England. That's a, that's perfect, a podcast episode in itself. Is people who played one time for England. Yeah. One cap for England. Perfect. There's a yeah. lot of players. Jay Bothroyd as well. Jay Bothroyd played for England. He did, yeah. Um, mm. Hudson Odoi. Well, he played three times, I think. But, oh, yeah, yeah, true. But yeah, there we go. Right, well, there we are. We're going to do a few more of these for our TikTok as well. Yes. These are very popular and, with you guys. Um, yeah, um, any other games that you're interested in, like football tic tac toe, for that we need you guys to send in your boards. That'd be great if someone um, did. Yeah, it? we can get so, our yeah. camera woman to read it <laughs> out to us. Um, but yeah, if someone submitted one, that'd be great. Yes. Or if you have an idea, if you want to see us challenge or throw us a challenge, give it yeah. a go. Challenge him, okay? Give him something hard to do. I'll even read it out for you. I'll give you one. <laughs> but you guys give me one to give him because he's, yeah, I'm shy at it. You're good at it, so. Yeah, yeah, you but, can submit ones yeah. to us. Uh, Instagram, TikTok this is an advert now. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube Everything. comments, anything, anything you can find. Message us if you're my if no. our friends. So, Phone yeah. us. <laughs> Phone us. Give us a ring. Bring us round for a coffee. We'll be there. We in the pub. We'll talk about it. Anyway, right, we're done. Is that it? Yes. Are we going on. into superstitions now? Yes, we're going to superstitions with some examples right. and uh, conclusion. I think I can't stop thinking about the imaginary headers. But anyway, right, we're going to get back into superstitions. Yes. All right, then, continuing on with the topic of superstitions, pre-match yeah. routines, pre-match rituals. But I think this, this part this is, is super- more superstitions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we have quite a few examples because it seems to be fairly common in football that oh, yeah. people have their 
pre-match superstitions. Yeah. Um, like I said, I didn't really have any, and you mentioned that you didn't. When well, I played football, I didn't. Jim, I actually had a big one. I had a lot when I perform. I still do have quite okay. a few when I perform. Some of them are like music. Sorry, um, not again, not on this summer to football, but you know, I won't eat when I'm playing. Okay. But that's more a nervous thing. Um, yeah. But one superstition I did have, which I kept for a while, is when I studied in Paris. Anytime I had a big concert. The last rehearsal, so the dress rehearsal, I would always wear a Northern Ireland football top. Now, that was not just a superstition. That was like a... This is where we're on the line between two, and a couple of these are the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a superstition, as I believe. If I don't wear it, it's going to be worse. But wearing it sort of gave me this confidence and this okay. attachment and this, like... Like, when you're in Paris and you're with all these amazing musicians, it made me feel very grounded and very, like... Oh yeah, no, I've got my it's Northern like Ireland top. You. Yeah, and I'm back to Belfast, yeah. and it just brought me. Like, it grinds me. Yeah, it puts unique. me in a good. Yeah, which I think Big. a lot of these are going. Yeah. So um, yeah, we've looked up a couple of examples each. Do you want to get the ball rolling? Because yeah, we actually I mean, don't know what we've looked up with each other's one, so I'm curious no, to see what so, you've dug up. Yeah, I mean, the first one that I saw online was <laughs> I'm not sure how true it is, but Wayne Rooney ate cocoa pots before every game. I don't know if that's a superstition There's or no just Rooney way being Rooney, but. Um, but yeah. Rooney's that old school footballer. You can definitely see Wayne Rooney talking in the Cocoa Pops, like, <laughs> yeah, and punching a wall before he goes yeah. in. Um, but um, no, one that I saw, again, I'm not sure. Did, sorry, does that every game he had Cocoa Pops? That's what it said online. Okay. I'm not sure how, especially these first two, I'm not sure how verified they are. Okay. Um, if anyone knows Wayne Rooney. Yeah, Rooney and, or Thibaut Courtois, <laughs> this is my next one. So apparently, excuse me, I need to read this part, but he'd always enter the stadium corridor at a certain time. He then texts his other half that he's changing clothes and she shouldn't text him anymore now because he's getting ready for the game. And ah. don't text him until after the game. Yeah, yeah. He then go to the bathroom, send a picture to his four of his friends back in Belgium of him on the toilet. Um, and then, yeah, and then when he's getting dressed, he does his left foot and left hand first. So wow. left boot, left sock, left boot, left golden glove. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, leg apparently of his that is part of his. Is that a pre-match routine? Is well, that a superstition? Uh, yeah. Because that is very. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, here was there not a. I don't want to get into scandal here, but what was Thibaut Courtois' wife? Was there not a. I don't think. Do you know, so. having an affair was one of the Belgian lads had an affair with one of the other Belgian lads' wives. I don't know what they fell out over in the World Cup as well. But I remember Courtois. He left Chelsea because he wanted to be back in Madrid with his wife and uh, daughter. Yeah, I'm not going to slander Thibaut Courtois on the, no. on the episode, so ignore it. We can do Courtois at Chelsea right now, to be honest. But um, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. So how about that's you? a good one. That's a good one. What did you find? Well, I yeah, I, I dug up a load of these. Right, um, Pierre van Hoydink, Hoydong. Do you remember him? Played for Celtic for a while. Yeah, it rings a bell. Very yeah. average player, probably okay. for this reason. Apparently, he had to have a curry before every game. <laughs> um, but the one. John Terry. There's a lot of John Terry ones. John Terry was a very superstitious man. He had over 50 wow. superstitions before games. And he um, was uh, ruining Joe Coles. Joe, yeah, he ruined Joe Coles one as well. Yeah, the cheek on him. Um, great captain. Obviously, great player for Chelsea. As a bloke, I'm not so sure. But anyway, yeah. he. Uh, <laughs> I love this. He played the same Usher CD in his car on the way to every game. Now, that's, since that CD came out, I don't know which one it is. I'm assuming it's around the time of yeah. He played that in his car on the way to the stadium right up until the end wow. of his career. Imagine his, <laughs> imagine his Spotify rewind. Man, that, I sure, like, that's a very bizarre one. 
Um, yeah, the same shin pads for years, famously. Uh, I think I saw that one, yeah. Lost them in the new Camp in the 2005 game. Do you remember that one where Jose got in a bit of trouble mm. at half-time and all? Yeah, Dropper got sent off. Yeah, so he had the he had the kit man running around the new Camp, <laughs> checking all the seats to see if he could find it in case someone stole it. Never found Didn't get them. Frank Lampard gave him an old set. Um, but he also like used the same urinal at every game. That became a bit of a theme, to be I, honest. I, I, I think I saw all the Chelsea players are doing that. So apparently, because yeah. of him doing it, all the Chelsea players had like their designated urinal in, and they all used their same one before the game. So that's two good ones. What have you got next? So, going to one that's definitely more official, very well known, and yeah, even admitted by the man himself, is uh, former Spanish manager Luis Aragonés. Yeah. Who... Um, Again, controversial guy, um, but just talking purely on football, purely on superstitions, he had, I think it described as a fear or an absolute dislike, hate of the colour yellow, which apparently is fairly common in Spain. Yeah, well, the Spanish flag has yellow on it, doesn't it? Apparently yellow is a very unlucky colour there. Um, So what did he do to combat that? So um, one time Raul turned up to the, I think it was the 2006 World Cup camp in yellow yeah. and wasn't allowed in he had seriously to, he had to change his shirt he was shouting like Raul Raul take it off take it off um, training cones replaced all the yellow training cones <laughs> um, when they arrived in Germany for the 2006 World Cup uh, they were greeted and given a bouquet of yellow flowers and he refused them <laughs> that was deliberate that um, was deliberate yeah. there's no way they didn't know that when they gave him that um, bouquet and yeah and actually I don't know if you remember that Spain's 2008 away shirt was kind of yellow oh I remember it was like a dark blue no it was like goldish colour oh him, he, des- he described it as mustard I'm not sure it is mustard it yeah, is mustard to be fair yeah that was yeah um, quite a controversial that theme, yeah. controversial kit selection for but Spain then for the home then. kit does it not have yellow trim on it or was it just red it was red and black, wasn't it? Uh, back blue. Then? It was navy, red and navy. There was a yeah. bit of yellow on it. Well, of course, like the logo and the flag. I think the numbers were Anything red. like yeah. real yellow. Okay. He did not like it. Um, That's and mental. again, apparently it's a Spanish thing. But like, yeah, changing all the cones. That's mental. Um, There's probably more. Um, but I mean, he won the... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Euros in 2008 with Spain. So, well, this is it. It's a superstition until it works. Yeah. And then it's and a it routine. Works. And so. yeah, he also managed... Atletico multiple times. I think he won La Liga right, again. Um, so yeah, Luis Aragonés and the Colombian. That's a really good one. I actually, I, I think I'm aware of that one, but I don't like. I didn't know all that stuff about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not sure if um, who's a Spain manager now. I can't think. We should really know that running a football podcast. Yeah, I should really know that. But um, you should know that definitely. Ah, it's um, I forgot his name. He was the under-21s manager. I'm not sure if he follows the, the same theory, but... Um, I thought you were going to say I'm not sure he follows this podcast. <laughs> like, I don't think he Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he does, but... Um, oh, no. Yeah. There we go. How about you? What have you got next? I've got some... I've got some stupid ones. I'm going to rattle through a few of these in. Um, Rio Ferdinand smashed a bottle of water over his head, jumped over the white line and ran to the corner pitch. <laughs> Ronald corner flag, sorry. That was every game. Um, but one of my favourites, Carlo Touré. This is, have you, do you know <laughs> this, one? this one? Yeah, this yeah. is mental. So Carlo Torre, like a lot of players, I think Zlatan had the same thing. Ronaldo did it at one of the Euros, I think it was 2016. Had to be the last player out mm-hmm. of the changing room and onto the pitch. And as he was coming out in a 2009 game against Barcelona at the new Camp, as he was walking up, William Gallas was ahead of him and had a bit of an injury as just before they got to the pitch and had to go off for treatment. 
and Toure refused to go wow. on the pitch until Galas was treated. Now, so Arsenal started the game with nine men and he got a yellow card for it because like I'm not going onto that pitch until. Do you know what game who's against? Barcelona. Ah, so you yeah. mentioned yeah, and that's that's a mad serious, one. Yeah. That is that's taking it far. Like, but a great player as well. Yeah, I mean, one of those trivia. I was questions. thinking of actually doing him for the. Um, would have got it straight away because yeah. one of my favourite football trivia ones but you got the answer now so you don't get the answer but the only player to have played in the Merseyside Derby Manchester Derby Old Firm Derby and North London Derby was Colo Toure he's the only one to have played in all four true wow Andreas Konchelskis is also uses that for Manchester Derby Old Firm and Merseyside I think okay. but he didn't do the North London Derby and he had that a great a song good as well bit of trivia. so that's this a good why one you listen to this podcast for the trivia the anecdotes all of this <laughs> yeah this is what we do at 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> spending way too much of our time on this um, Pippa Winzaghi the man famously born offside Philippe Winzaghi apparently had a special set of biscuits he used to eat before every game and had okay. to leave two in the packet not bad interesting um, but here's a couple of this one I like um, there's a good one as well so former Wimbledon defender Melvin Kamara no not familiar with him, him in the no that would have been challenge. a good one he watched the old Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory before every game <laughs> every game and he said that the new one when it came out the Johnny Depp one Custom. offended him so he refused to watch it so he sat down did, it was did a he Gene say Hackman why he watched this? no just said it it calmed his nerves it was a minor thing it like yeah. relaxed him before do a you, game do you have any like movie or film or TV show you'd watch to calm my nerves or just yeah or like if you were having like a bad day what would be your go to oh that's a good one I want to say a football movie, but it's not true. No, me neither. I, yeah, Mike Bassett, but I only watch that when England are playing. 500 Days of Summer used to be one for me. Never heard of it. Was Zoe Deschanel? No. And Joseph Gordon? Oh, I'm man. terrible at films, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's but not a Mine would be probably Peep Show episode. Mm. I'm not sure which one, but any sort of Peep Show episode. Football reference isn't that as well. We've to be fair. Quite dated ones, but yeah. Um, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll throw you off one more two. Adrian Mutu, I didn't know this, put basil in his socks before every game because... At least it wasn't some other substance. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, basil in his socks, I did <laughs> all mean, yeah. Apparently, a group of Romanian witches threatened him. So, after that, he said... They threatened to curse his girlfriend. So, he said, I'm okay. going to put basil in my socks. And I'm going to put basil in my socks and not, flour up my nose. Not sure <laughs> and, it works, but... Um... Yeah. And last one, just because my favourite... I'm going to make a mess of this name. Valerie... Lobanovsky used to manage Dinamo Kiev, the Ukraine, sorry, Dinamo Kiev, uh, the Ukraine and the Soviet Union. Always insisted on having one ginger player in the squad at all times. So you could have made it. <laughs> if I was born in the Soviet Union or if Dinamo Kiev were looking at a right back, I could have. There we go. That is, a, that is intense. What's your favourite? I mean, the Kodotori one is, is great. Like, this is pure stubbornness. It is, yeah. Like, I think mean, that goes further than superstition. That's always like that's just like intense, like yeah. I, I that one. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of that cocoa pop one. I haven't stopped thinking yeah. about I mean, that. I do have one honest. more actually. Oh, go, give um, me, give me, give me. Not sure if this is superstition, but um, before the 2012 uh, Champions League final, I don't know if you remember Solomon Kalou's haircut. He put I the never forget that, yeah. spider in the back of his head. It was head. the most bizarre thing. Um, yeah, I don't think he was really known for that many outrageous haircuts before, but he said in a, in like a, another podcast interview, he said that it resembled Chelsea that season because spiders never give up and they try and grab stuff. 
Is that true? <laughs> That's what he said. I've never known a spider being yeah. Yeah, they know for their tenacity. To... <laughs> um, but then also in the the pre-match interview, uh, post-match interview with uh, Kalu, I think it's with uh, and Mikhail as well, Jeff Shrees. Uh Mikhail was like, um, yes, this was the reason we won. I think uh, I remember that. Saying, yeah, um, I remember seeing that haircut on TV and going, "What the fuck, man!" Like yeah, seriously, but it works. I know, but yeah. I think it was my old Facebook cover photo for a while, like a picture <laughs> of Trogba intensely looking at this spider haircut. But it was bizarre. Again, yeah. Solomon, if you want to come on the podcast, let us know. I feel like I feel like we could get Solomon Kalu yeah. on the podcast. I mean, used, to play in, used to play with Hertha Berlin. That's so true. Maybe actually, still yeah. hanging around in Germany. Yeah, he's definitely hanging around somewhere. Isn't uh, he, Solomon? But yeah, again, very underrated player. Um, I don't know. I thought yeah. he was a donkey, but uh, he was. <laughs> I saw it. He was actually really good. Yeah. But, um, I never really knew where he played. Was he a winger? Was he a forward? Did yeah. he really? But it was a time we had it so was many kind of there. You know, but, but yeah, for his haircut, this, we'll, the we'll spider thing was cool to be fair. And he was I'm a sure superstition. That's more just like a yeah coincidence. But hey, we will take it. <laughs> yeah, we take it. We won. Right. Well, there we are. But, yeah. Well, you we're going to wrap bring up us home pod. now. Yeah, we're going to wrap up this pod. Have you been thinking about this imaginary header thing? Have you got? Do you think the the theories might lay into it? Or more, I'm going to ask, do you think there's a hole in my theory somewhere? All I these think, things happened at the late 90s, early 2000s. I think I need to look into it more to say there's a hole. What do you want to look for, though? I need to know. I, I don't even know what to Google. Is it just a different type of players? Because you think about, like... I don't know, for example, me in the, in the, the 2000s, the football, or the late 90s, it's changed so much. As in, like, now it's like... So many, even like the, the lower league, Premier League teams, lower like in the league, are so like, mm. skillful. Whereas back then, maybe you had like a Bolton team where it'd all be like big brutes, yeah. very traditional, very like just yeah. And also more English players as well, which I think is more of an English thing. The headers, a lot well. of international players at it. Okay. I find this now. Um, I get your point on that, but I think yeah, and I agree with that. But I do think that's also linked to the development of the game in general. Yeah. But I just think it's so weird that this, there was this accepted behaviour in world football that just petered out. Yeah. I'd say the mascot thing is definitely a good theory. Yeah, because you cannot leap up into the air with exactly, a wee yeah. You can't do that. Yeah, And it's um, usually the players at the back who would leap up or towards the back. It usually was, yeah. Also, yeah. Because, yeah the, normally the ones that are And even just the general, like, the power run out, that's yeah. not a thing anymore. Just sprinting onto the pitch, You don't do that yeah. anymore. Actually, I saw last week back in Ireland the Dublin hurling team... Nobody's going to know what hurling is in this rise, but the sport, the senior hurling team were really abused for this because they walked out onto the pitch. It's more really? traditional in the GAA to bolt out, really, like, really get your head down. Yeah. But now I will say, to support my theory a little bit more, Dublin would be the most wealthy of the counties and the teams, and they would invest more in sports science. So maybe they've realised we don't need to bolt out. Now, you wouldn't be doing an imaginary header in hurling because they don't have the ball, but maybe they've realised as well, we don't need to bolt out. And they don't have mascots, so... And maybe I'm just finding information yeah. to suit my agenda. But, but hey, any information kind of adds to the, the theory. Yeah. Well, that's... So, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up then. I'm going to say, did the imaginary headers... I think they stopped. Mascots coming in, number one. Sports psychology. Superstitions are being refined now to be an accepted part of the sport <laughs> and also to be incorporated into your pre-performance routine. Up to the point where they don't detrimental have a detrimental effect. So it could have been a superstition or a learned behaviour, or more importantly, that behaviour will be replaced. So the last ten minutes before players go onto the pitch, 
they will have this all worked out. They will know when they're going to walk onto the pitch. They'll know what order they're going to do it. They know they're in the zone, yep. especially, which is something that's been explored a lot more. Players get in the zone now. Um, and the last thing is the nervous energy, because I think that's gone now. I got a few examples of different places where they've talked about optimal warm-ups. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of teams have different opinions on this, but like a good example, which I've sort of found as being a thing, is arriving before an hour, arrive an hour before kickoff, stretching, get your kit on, doing a warm-up, a, a planned warm-up, yeah. you know exactly what you're going to do. Mental activation or preparation. So it gets so, more people in the zone. Exactly. So how you get in the yeah. zone could be a superstition. It could be visualisation. It could be talking to yourself. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. It could be eating Cocoa Pops. I don't know. Whatever. And you get your pre-match food and the nutrition and the warm-up is optimised to the minute. Okay? So I think at that point they realise that optimal performance preparation ends 10 minutes before and then it's time to relax. So they don't go out with this nervous energy because they've got their routines planned. They know that they don't need to do that. And actually, maybe doing that would be detrimental. They're calm when they go onto the pitch. So they need that's to my theory. To script. Now, that is my theory. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to pull on this string. Your Please opinion, do. your feedback. Please give me and feedback on this. I, I need someone to get There could be some people out there who have researched this as intensely as Gareth has. Maybe not. But also, maybe now we kind of the term like uh, jogs your interest in this topic yeah, maybe well. you've, stuff, you've not really thought about this before but now hearing it you're thinking ah yeah what happened to the pretty much headers yeah the England B team are all something I'm, here <laughs> now I think this is my topic for research now for the for um, this evening yeah and really then maybe you'll also think the England B team podcast is fantastic maybe I'll go and leave them five star reviews on yes. all the major streaming platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and maybe you'll go and subscribe to us. Maybe you'll leave a few comments. That's a good um, pretty much routine, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Before you Listen go out to the tomorrow, yeah. Team podcast, <laughs> both episodes, and get ready. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about? We've got a few minutes left here before we have to wrap up. Is there anything you want to say to the viewers? Is there anything? No, I just again say thank you very much for listening. Um, yeah, this is really good fun for us but of course we're always happy fun. to hear that um, how are you feeling after you this episode this was like more of a, a learning episode for me like but you look a lot more relaxed in this episode I have to say yeah I think we both are yeah but I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying it and um, looking forward to what's coming next again let us know what sort of things you're interested in yeah. anything to do with football we will try our best to cover it yeah we'll get into if you it. want to come on the podcast with us we're always being, if your name is Solomon Kalu yeah, and you want to come on the Kalu. podcast um, yeah who's your dream guest for the podcast if it goes really well who would you like on if I give you only one obviously alive you can't you know, can't get Georgie best Drogba really yeah because he's just just because of your own personal attachment to him or do you think he's a fascinating guy yeah because of what of his charity work as well like does he he owns a football team as well now doesn't he I, I think he's is it Phoenix Rising? Yeah. Um, he played for them. But um yeah, Drogba. I think he's a really good guy as well. Really? That'd be your number one That's the first one I can't talk my head. Um Who would be your non footballing guest? Who would you like to get on to talk about football with, but they're not professionally linked to football? You answered this first one, I think. I didn't think of an answer, that's a problem. <laughs> Who would I like to get on? Uh, well my football guest would definitely be Jose Mourinho yeah that's without a doubt Jose I need to get 
need to get talking we'd to him. We'd learn a lot. We would, and I think he'd learn a bit as well. Jose would learn some stuff. Yeah, good or bad. Maybe he doesn't know what happened to the imaginary header either. Yeah, um, I'm sure back in his time that was uh, something yeah. his players he did. Would, he wouldn't have done imaginary header. I don't think yeah. he, would, he would have been a... But maybe that's something you think about for next time. Who we want to get on the podcast that isn't a um, professional footballer? Who's my non? Yeah, I can't think of one, to be honest. It's quite hard to think of at the minute. We'll bring that back around for next week, I reckon. Yeah, I was going to say Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys, but I'm still not speaking terms with Alex after no, what happened. So. I can't tolerate that either. But, but that would be a good one, because he's a big Sheffield Wednesday fan. Okay, interesting. I think I'd like More to talk Sheffield league, Wednesday. Lower league uh, yeah, feels episode. Could be in Well, yeah. But yeah, there we go. Episode two done. Um, we going to get out of here then? Are we wrapping this up? Yeah. We've got a few minutes. We're good then. We're good for time. And we've got the whole video. We've got the whole thing yes. video. Fingers crossed. We haven't seen this one yet. This, <laughs> yeah. this second, uh, this yeah. third part. Um, if this but, is following an apology, this is going to be really embarrassing. Yeah, but no, we got this. Yeah. No more apology videos. I think we're done with them. Podcast number two. Smooth. In the bag. Successful. Yeah, and, right. Um, then go follow us. Yeah, follow us. Touch. Tweet us. Tweet, yeah. TikTok us. I don't know if that's a verb. But oh, get me a game to give him as well, please. Yeah, because it's challenging and it's driving please. me mad. It's driving me mad. Right, let's get out of here. Yep. Cheerio, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.